Welcome in, everybody. How's it going this evening? Episode 29 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. We have now uh, hit enough days to be a leap year in February. <laughs> leap year in <laughs> February. Nice. Even without Kirk here, we're still uh, celebrating random <laughs> days on podcasts. But... And I do want to apologize before we get too far into this. Uh, I have a new microphone. Chris has fixed his microphone, so the audio may be a little bit off. Good news is, is we're fixing things, so yeah, it's a good start. And I have a stream deck that I can control stuff with, so that's been fun messing with. Life is getting good in the space podcast booth that we call home. But uh, as you could tell, Kirk is out this week. He is yet again at another concert that he booked like six, seven months ago. I was going to say, he was saying he booked this like before or while we were talking about starting the podcast. Yeah, so we're cutting him some slack. We're giving him a day off. He's been uh, with us every week so far. And uh, you know what? We'll make it through. But... He might make a surprise appearance later on, so stay tuned. Well, John, uh, I was gonna say, I know, what? huh? Nothing, nothing. Sorry. The uh, uh, with Chris's what? new mic, he uh, he now picks up more ambient sounds, whereas I'm the exact opposite. My mic yeah, has sure. now been set, so I don't pick up nearly as much that's going around me anymore. I'm just guessing you could hear Delilah in the background. Yes, yes, that's that's what I was <laughs> referring to. Hey, so, maybe she wanted to be on the podcast this week. You don't know. Yeah. So we were going to start off with talking about SpaceX and Inspiration4. They had a successful launch. Flight and landing just a couple hours ago. Oh, how funny. I didn't even, re I forgot that they were landing today. So that actually went okay. Yeah, no, I, I watched the whole thing. They landed uh, just off the coast of Florida. Everything was nominal. Perfect. It was, uh, it was nice to see. I watched the launch live and, uh, it was cool. I didn't realize that they strapped those guys into the seats like two hours ahead of time. Oh, yeah. So literally, literally the astronauts are just sitting in the rocket for like two hours just waiting to launch. That's a lot of time to sit up in, in the cockpit and be like, I made a bad decision doing this. I think the shuttle was just as long, if not longer. And then did you have did you happen to catch what their uh uh final like communication with ground control was before the launch? Uh I don't think I did. I think when I was I was watching this I was a little preoccupied. I don't I, uh, I didn't actually watch with audio. That's what it was. I was just watching it um without audio. Because they were, uh, they were saying like, "Okay, you're clear for launch. You know, good luck, Godspeed, and all that." And uh, 
I actually thought it was a pretty cool way to send the last message. And I, I'm sure it was Isaacman, the cap or commander who said, punch it, SpaceX. That is a good one. Yeah. I thought it was uh fitting and, uh, it reminded me of punch it, Chewy. So, well, I mean, that's, uh, Falcon nine is named after the millennium Falcon. So, I mean, it, that's at least partially accurate. I also learned a lot just from watching the launch, because anybody who's seen a launch from SpaceX knows that they have commentary pretty much the whole time through. Yep. Excuse me. And uh, they had... I learned that they actually limit the Gs on the astronauts so that yeah. they, they're they a little more comfortable during the launch. So at least, at least they have the ability to do that. That's kind of well, cool. And that's... If I if I know what you're talking about, it's when they throttle down right before max Q, which is the maximum aerodynamic load. And then uh, after they pass through it, they kind of throttle back up until they get to space. I think yeah, that's it, what... Yeah. And they were saying at that point that they were keeping them around 4Gs. So... I, I'm assuming that's just to make them a little more comfortable while they're hitting max Q. Yeah, I don't know the. I don't know if you know the the G force in a Tesla on launch. I know it's got to be what two or three in a Tesla the car. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Because you've seen the videos of people uh, getting in a Tesla and they floor it and everyone just gets flung back into the seat. Well, I imagine it's pretty hefty because there's no... Uh, I was wrong. It's 1.37. Okay, so a third of a G, but... Uh, well, there's varying. It says it could be up to two. So what I was thinking, I'm like, it, it's pretty... I know two's not, or four's still a lot, but it's not, uh... Not as well, bad think, as, like, seven or nine that the jet pilots experience. I think the big question would be, what is the G rating for a roller coaster that's a good question i'm actually looking it up as we speak most roller coasters pull about four g's okay so it's the it's like a roller coaster which most people can handle yeah so that i mean i don't particularly care for roller coasters because of the g's i don't really like that feeling so it sounds yeah, terrible it's... to me to be stuck in it for a while but well, it's, it's only about what minute? Yeah, I think it was like a minute and twenty-seven seconds or something. It's, something like that. It's two minutes and forty seconds before they, roughly before they detach, the Falcon from the Dragon or the second stage and head back. Um, so, I don't think you're experiencing <laughs> that high a G-force for that long. 
Well, and then, of course, the astronauts seem to be able to handle it just fine. And some of the missions, not missions, the training that I saw, uh, especially in the second or the second half, so third, fourth episodes of the Inspiration documentary, they were flying in uh, jets and they were pulling like seven and eight Gs. So, yeah, that's I mean, that's what I was saying. Normal jet fighters will get seven, eight, nine Gs. Um. And that's that's absolutely normal to them. I was watching something about I don't remember if it was the Blue Angels or it was the Canadian group that does similar things. But the uh, the amount of G force that they go through through some of those turns and everything it's just ridiculous. Yeah, they have. Uh, I heard it somewhere on a podcast that said that they actually wear a certain type of like it's like a a thing they wear around their legs that squeezes them yeah, so that the blood a, can't pool in their legs while they're flying it's a g-force suit and uh so if i feel like if you're having to wear a g-force suit that's too many g's yeah but when you're in stuff that's you know the reason they pull those off is for because it's combat. You know, they need to be as mobile and agile as possible. So if you need to do a high G-force turn, you better hope you don't pass out halfway through it, because then you, <laughs> well, you're kind of a statistic at that point. I agree, but I also... Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean... In fairness, I, I don't think you exactly qualify for uh, fighter pilot training. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> but it was cool to see the, the mission went out went off without a hitch. And so as I was watching like some of the pre-launch uh, stuff, I was looking at it going, man, sitting in that rocket for two hours before launch would just be terrible. And then I thought, it's SpaceX. This this is going to go off just fine. They're not going to have a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they haven't. They've had two that I can think of. The one that blew up on the pad and then the one that blew up uh, just after Max-Q. Not dragons, mind you. This was... Well, but that? they also, like, the the booster... The, that flew was its third flight and the Dragon capsule was its second flight. Yeah, and that's because NASA, I don't know if they've changed, I haven't really been paying attention to Dragon and um, all of that, but NASA really wanted to limit the amount of times they wanted new stuff for every NASA approved flight. I think they relaxed on the boosters after they realized that, yeah, the, the booster that's flown 10 times is just as, if not more reliable than the one that flew hasn't flown yet. Because at least if you have a, uh, a booster that has flown, you know everything's, you know, where it's supposed to be. And they've got boosters that have flown 10 times now, which is just ridiculous if you ask me. Well, yeah, they had a space, uh, SpaceX, a Starlink mission that launched last weekend. 
Yeah, it was just I mean, after uh, our podcast. Yeah, and they uh, that I think that was the ninth or tenth flight for that particular booster. Yeah, they pretty much that. That's why everything went to Starship, is because they had X amount of boosters, and they were producing them so fast before because they needed to. You know, they needed to have a surplus of boosters because they kept blowing them up on the barge ships. And then they started landing them. And uh, at first, you know, they landed the ones at the, the in Florida at the actual launch center. And then they started landing on the boats. And I think they lost one or two on the boats after that. But otherwise, almost every single one is stuck its landing and is being reused. Which is just insane. That I was gonna say, one thing was the uh, amount of engines on that rocket is actually kind of misleading because they they have so many. I think what are they Merlin engines? No, they've got. I was gonna say Raptor, but Raptor's wrong. Raptor's for the Starship. I think they're all Merlins. They've got... Yeah, there's like what twenty seven, or is uh, it? No, that's Starship. No, Falcon Nine has nine. Yeah, so nine engines all well, throwing it's... flames out this, the back of it. That's crazy. Yeah, Falcon Nine has nine at the bottom. It's got one on the second stage, which is a vacuum engine, and then it's got however many Draco engines on the Dragons. The the Payload ones don't have extra engines, but. So I'm going to ask you this question. I don't know if you know the answer, but it was another one that came up when I was watching the launch. What is a vacuum engine? So it is, and this is going to be my simplistic, very rudimentary, I'm not a space engineer explanation. When you're at sea level, and you're 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 taking off you need to kind of focus the flame otherwise you know if you let a flame just burn out without confinement you're just going to get a lot of a lot of flame no push um the opposite is true opposite i don't know if that was the right word but once you get into space that being able to confine that fuel and I don't know if you saw it on the Starlink mission, but as the rocket goes higher and higher up, the flames out the back keep expanding. Did you notice that? I I did. It was kind of crazy looking because it honestly looks a little bit like the rocket's going to blow up. Yeah. So as you get higher up, because there's less space, not space, but, you know, less atmosphere, it expands more. So that's what a vacuum engine is. It's designed to have, it's practically the same engine. It's just, it's got a different uh, housing on it that is more conducive to the, the rocket in space versus in atmosphere. So it's better able to utilize the fuel and everything like that in space rather than, like, if you tried to use the vacuum engines on the ground level, it might work, but probably not. Mostly, I could just see once they got to the second stage, all you really see is just a red-hot circle. Yeah, and that's just... 
flying in space is inefficient. I mean, that's the crux of it all. That's that's why we have are having so many issues. Like, realistically, fueled rockets in space are just not not ideal. We need ionic or you know nuclear powered something like that. Well, hopefully they will continue to develop stuff like that, but seems like so far SpaceX has a pretty good handle on, you know, how to do these things. Well, you know, they're the leading and only, I don't want to say only because they're not the only, but they are the only private space company right now that's sending people to space. And yes, that uh, is an insult to the other two. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it might be that we're a little bit biased. Just saying. No, I, the thing with Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic are, those were publicity stunts. Like, yeah, they went high, and yes, they went technically to the, you know, to varying degrees of space. But it, it, it was minutes. You know, those people had minutes, whereas you look at Inspiration 4, they had three days of floating around in space and taking pictures. The, when I was watching the live stream, they were uh, they had a live stream of them in the capsule. They could see an Aurora Borealis event out of that cupola window. Well, and the, the cupola pictures that I saw were pretty amazing. I mean... To have that view for three days would be awesome. Well, and that's just it. I mean, and I know it's going to lead kind of into our further topic where we're going to debate capitalism. Um, but that the fact that that dude was, you know, generous enough, eh, people can hate on billionaires, and I, I completely understand that. But the fact that he paid for those three other people to fly was insane. Like, it could have been you know, four different billionaires all flying up there doing whatever, but at least he paid for the other people to fly with him. So I'm not real sure where you were going there because that actually was one of the things that soured me a little bit. Yeah. Only because they said it was the first all-civilian mission, which, yes, it was, but it was all funded by a billionaire who rode on the rocket. So... Well, in my, you know, even, it kind of makes me feel like it was a billionaire going to space, and he just spun it to make it less. I was going to say, even then, they're technically not all civilian. I mean, they are, but one of them was a fighter pilot, right? Well, he's a, he was a, the billionaire who funded it, flies uh, jet jets and blue angels and. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and like one guy was a data engineer. The, yeah, the uh, the other because uh, then there was the the, the, the woman survivor. Who, yeah, yeah, the cancer survivor. But then there was another woman who was uh, picked as a finalist to be an astronaut. So yeah, I I, I kind of only somewhat caught when they were talking about that. I need to go back and watch that documentary. It's it's okay. It's slow and yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you have to drag out four episodes of essentially that. Well, and the 
the thing is, and this is where this is where the the capitalism debate kind of started in my head. I was reading a tweet, not a tweet. It might have been a tweet. Um, that I think I saved it too. Let me see if I can find it. But it was it was essentially. Oh, my internet is tremendously bad. You you got us on pins and needles. It yeah. Okay. So it wasn't a tweet. It was it essentially. Was, it was. Um, you could make five thousand dollars a day from like the founding of America, and you would still have less money than uh, Bezos right now. doesn't seem right but why not five thousand dollars a day yep which is more than enough for that's only a million dollars a day or a year just under two million dollars a year and well, you're $2 talking dollars a year times two okay all right 200 yeah, years 200 years is only three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars or a million dollars i gotcha so i mean it, it would be realistically what would be a thousand years? Yeah, you get into the two billion range. So go. Uh, I guess it would be closer to 10,000 would get it you close to. You'd have to make that amount of money for 10,000 years. Which is ridiculous because like if you were to if I were to say to you, here's five thousand dollars a day. Would that not be more than enough money for you to do whatever the hell you wanted for the rest of your life? Of course it would. Like, I, I look at Lucky for Life as that is more than enough money for any person in the world to live off of. Now, obviously, you're not going to be buying yachts and shit like that. But, like, that's more than enough to have a decent house, you know, entertainment whenever you want, vacations whenever you want. And more importantly, not to work. I was, I was gonna say I've, I've played that game in the past, and I've always said, the second I win Lucky for Life, I'm quitting my job. Well, but, I mean, there's there would be no reason. That's three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year. That is, you know, ballpark. But I'm gonna guess probably about four times what either of us make, if not closer to five. But, like, if you look at it just from a basic perspective and say $1,000 a day to live on, like, I think at first you could justify and would probably end up spending $1,000 a day. But after that, I mean, what are you going to spend $1,000 a day on? Ice cream makers. <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of my point is you end up with this monotony of even getting that much money you're going to end up start saving it and end up having more because you just can't spend it that fast well and i agree you would probably you know binge spend for the first year and then after a while you'd be like all right i don't need anything else i'll just save my money but so my point is why is there such this obsession with people that have billions of dollars? 
that that's money that's never going to be spent or used. Well, and I've said it before on the podcast, I am all for capitalism. I enjoy capitalism. I think it, it's one of the things that keeps the economy going. Yeah. And I mean, it by seems, definition, it is the economy. Well, yes, but so I understand there's a huge gap between billionaires and the average working class. And yes, I agree that the you've said it in the in previous episode that the only way to get billions of dollars is to totally mispay and overwork or you know, let's say abuse your your working class to get there. But that's the whole point of capitalism. Once yes. you start making once you start making a lot of money, you only want to make more so that you can be the richest person in the world. Yeah, but that's that's a new con. I mean, it's not a new concept, but what's the point? It's been around forever. You know, well, I mean, and, and, look at look at Egypt, look at Greece. Like every everybody's got some sort of royalty that's just yes, better, but, you know, more money than everybody. Even then. Now, not Egypt and all that, but if you look at the most or the richest country that was in the uh, northern Africa, there was a king who had so much gold because that's all his country produced that when he went out, he destroyed the economies of other places just by giving away gold. Like, I don't see Bezos giving away shit. Well, well and. I mean, there's ego tied to that money. So, of course, he's not going to give it out. And to that point, I'm assuming that he's, I mean, I'm guessing and speculating here, but I would have to think that in Bezos's mind, he earned all that money. Even well, though he didn't, his workers did. I know that, you know, it, it's not like, oh, I didn't earn this money, so I don't deserve it. He's going, look, I built this company. This is my money. And that's that's the problem I have, is he didn't he didn't even start Amazon the way it is. Amazon was a bookstore, and he started making money as a bookstore. And then I would bet that he hired more people who changed it, and did other things that transformed it into what it is now. All he did was start a bookstore, an online bookstore. That's it. At right, least there's. There's other people who have done the same thing, you know, just because he got lucky doesn't mean that, you know, we should hate him for, for having a bunch of money. He's but, got plenty of other reasons to hate him. Well, I understand that. But why is he allowed to accumulate so much? Like, he's at, what, $180 billion right now? Something ridiculous like that? Why well, is that an acceptable amount of money for one person to hold? Because he's going to die. From the outside, no, he's not. He's working on the foundation. I, I know, <laughs> but uh, perspectively, look at it. Look at it from the other side. If you had one hundred eighty billion dollars, now it's hard to look at it from a, uh, you know, glass house or whatever you want to call it. But you're not going to just want to throw away all that money to, you know, everybody who doesn't have any. You're going to pick and choose, and you're going to 
you might give away some money, but you're going to look at your bank account and go, oh, I got $150 billion. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it does nothing. Like, and that's my point is even with just a billion dollars, you would be set for life. I mean, with, and this is something that I kind of attest to, like, a lot of people sit out there and they, they want to win Powerball and all this stuff and have all that money. If you look at Lucky for Life, which pays you $1,000 a day for the rest of your life, you only need about 4 to $6 million in your retirement or whatever. As, you know, I'm not very good with the whole financial thing, but you just need about $6 million to pay yourself that amount of money for the rest of your life just by living off the interest. Well, here's here's uh, a little interesting. I came up with this when you said you wanted to talk about capitalism. And I was going to throw it at you just as a case in point, because I want to look at, let's look at Elon Musk. Okay. The guy's the second richest man, and Bezos and him go back and forth as to who's got more money. So what do you say about Elon Musk having all his money? Oh, the same Is it? Thing. No, it's the same thing. Right, but he also pays his employees fairly well. He, and... he doesn't. From There's... all I've heard, most well, of the people yes. who work for him think that they're fairly well paid and they're fairly happy. So, But they're also overworked. Like SpaceX was notorious for burnout of especially new grad space engineers just due to the amount of work that they were requiring. Okay, but you're saying that that's a little different than just. No, no, being no, like, no. I, I agree. Like Amazon, so Bezos, he underpays and overworks his employees. Okay, so we know that. And what's funny is. <laughs> He doesn't even make any money off of Amazon itself. He actually loses money off of Amazon. Well, that's the where same they with make Google. They make all their money off their web services, which is, you know, that's a whole different ball game. But well, and it's the same with Gates. It's the same with, I mean, even I would say Tesla, but Tesla, that's all just on cars. Um, yeah, but my my point is this. So, let's say you take, you start a company tomorrow, and you make $100 million in 10 years. Should you have to give away $50 million? Yeah. Why not? See, I, I look at it as, I don't know the, the correct term, but I would be more than happy with 50. I'd be happy to go with $10 million. And I understand that, but the I think that's where the the theory is lost is you're coming from a perspective of not having a hundred million dollars to actually having a hundred million dollars. If someone said you have a hundred million dollars, you should give up half because you don't need it. Well, you're gonna you're gonna you. I bet you your tune would change because you're like, well, wait a minute, I made that money. Why should I give it away? Well, there's certain there's certainly going to be you know cases where that's not the 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 case, and people will give away half their money without a problem. 
But I would be willing to bet that 90% of people are going to want to keep their money. No, I would agree. But here's the thing. So you're saying Amazon makes all of its money from AWS. Yes. I would be willing to bet all of Bezos's money, he had absolutely no hand in creating AWS. Well, and I, I see where you're going, one. And number two, I understand what you're saying. But, but who, the thing is, is why is that such a bad thing? For because... someone to create a company, and then so we create fused relativity, right? And then we do so well that we make a billion dollars, and now we're going to outsource our podcast to other people so that we don't have to do it, and we're just going to sit back and collect the funds. Okay, what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, more than ethically, I, I see where you're going, and that's completely fine. But what about the people that are doing the podcast? Are we going to sit there and say, oh, hey, by the way, since it's only federally legal for me to pay you, you know, this much, I'm going to just pay you this much while we're making 10 times that. That's my problem with this system. Well, it's all about supply and demand, right? So. If I've got the job and you need the job and I'm willing to pay you $2 more than minimum wage, what's the problem there? You know, it, I, I get that. It's just, it sits wrong with me for a variety of reasons. Right. And the funny thing about this, you know, capitalism or any kind of debate is it's all uh, about ethics and what your own opinion is on the world and so people like me i don't see any problem with capitalism because you could bet your bottom dollar that i would take your bottom dollar if i had a company that could take it well i get that but part of the reason why i wanted to do this debate is that there is a company in california um i don't know a hundred percent that uh the specifics on it. I only saw it because of um, a couple of things on TikTok and Reddit. But the way this company works is there is an owner and a certain amount of full-time and part-time employees. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a, I know they deal with clothing, but I don't know the, the exact specifics. But anyway, purse flat rate is they pay $250 per person after taxes whether they work um, part-time or full-time. Everyone gets $250 a day. And then at the end of the year, or, you know, at the end of the quarter or whatever, they always try and become as close to zero profit as possible, whether that be giving money back to the employees or buying them cars or whatever. Why isn't that a more acceptable business practice than what we have now simple answer because that would cut into the profits of my corporation yeah exactly and so but then you have this company that has extremely happy and loyal people that work for it and you have hundreds if not thousands of people that want to work for that company 
And if this right. person takes and is able to use this and spin it and open four or five more, then they become a force that is now threatening other corporations. Now, obviously, this is a, a pretty niche targeted audience. I think it was like gothic clothing. But <laughs> of course it was. But I mean, the principle is sound. Why aren't more companies trying to like she's essentially saying she's a nonprofit without saying she's a nonprofit because that's the goal. And that's the thing that pisses me off about nonprofits is, you know, they come in and they say stuff like, oh, yeah, we, you know, our profits were our profit margins were so thin and blah, blah, blah. I'm like you're a nonprofit. You, you're not supposed to make profit. That's the whole point. Yeah, but we know that. I mean, I'm biased against nonprofits because I think they're most of them are just trying to make money. But well, I mean, that's, that's just it. the point. Now, let me take you off on another tangent because I have a feeling capitalism is going to get even worse once automation starts to kick in. Because now those people who are making the money, they don't have to pay disgruntled workers minimum wage they just have to buy robots well and you know what you say this and when we were talking about automation i said oh yeah i have a i have an idea on how to do this it never came up we got so entranced in talking about other shit it just never came up my thought for that is that every single robot that is replaced needs to pay taxes equivalent to however many people it replaced that is the only way this will work. And I think with automation, it has to be like a tax of 40% of the salary that it's replacing. So if it's replacing 10 people and all 10 of those people made $30,000, then it needs to pay... I Fuck, I did math and I... 300000 so it'd be... <laughs> it'd be if they had to pay 50%, it'd be $150,000 a year that robot would have to pay in taxes. Now, obviously, people are going to be scumbags and, you know, not report or under-report or try and get around it. But that's the only way this will work. These well, companies. Or, or, better yet, just actually tax companies and get rid of all of this BS of tax havens and all this shit. Well, and so I can agree with the fact that companies who do make, you know, big profits, they should be paying their taxes like every other working person. But that's that's a different topic for a different time, because we're not really talking about the ethics of business owners. We're talking about capitalism itself. But I mean, but I'm saying if you have a business that makes widgets, you know, and I can get a robot in to make widgets that will cost initially it's going to cost a lot of money to automate, but it's going to save me money over the long term. Well, I'm going to just go with the robots because I've got money. There's I've the got something. I've got something that's in demand and people buy it. Okay. Well, so the only problem that I see is once you start getting rid of people's jobs, then nobody has the money to buy your widgets. So capitalism well, has its plus and minus in robot world, but here's the problem though. Part. 
That's already happened. That's long since gone. Those robots have taken those jobs. They're not coming back. Most factory jobs like that are already fully automated. Look at car production lines. You know, you have a few token humans sitting around doing things that robots technically can't. But that's it. A Tesla is built. They build like, what, 30, 40 a day? There's no way humans could do that. Right. But then, so, I mean, under that scenario, why shouldn't I get robots to replace humans and just empty out the workforce? I mean, granted, we're we're talking about a, well, and that's, know, once again, an ethical dilemma versus a... Well, you know. and that's the thing is, most factory jobs are already gone. Like, th those ships have sailed from America. Not so much other countries, but in America, those are mostly gone. You, The jobs that we need to protect are retail and trucking, delivery in specific, stuff like that. Because those are what's next. But so the, the biggest argument that I have against going back to the whole, why don't I have it? Or why are people allowed to make $150 billion and not somebody else? My biggest argument for that, and this may sound a little, uh, I say self-centered, but it's it's more of an ideological uh let's say statement that people don't like is why don't you go build that company? Because people have tried. And that's, that's the thing that I don't like about this, how people are like, well, you could have done it. I'm like, no, that that's not how this works. You know, this is one of the points that I wanted to break up. How many foolish dumbass schemes did we do growing up to try and make a ton of money? Well, I yes. can think of a few. And not all of them. Not well. Let's say out of look at how many billionaires there are in the world. I don't know. There's probably more than I think, but there's two that are over a hundred, a handful that are under a hundred, and then a bunch of like just over a billion. The only ones that really piss me off, and this is, uh, you know, based off of just something that gets my craw is. That people who are in finance, like uh, the stock market and hedge funds, those billionaires, they're not really building anything. They're just pushing money around. The, no. But the people who the people who build companies, I have full respect for all the money that they have, and I am totally happy that they have it. So, well, it's well, why aren't things done more ethically? That's my thing. Like, there have been multiple attempts of companies trying to do the ethical and right thing. Like, there was a company, I think it was in Washington, that had a cap on how much the next spot up in the company could make. Why isn't that a regulation? Well, because, I mean, if you want my honest opinion, because it shouldn't be a regulation. If I make my company, I shouldn't. I don't want people telling me how to run my company. Well, I get uh, that, but I'm just saying we have these people like that are making 
millions and millions of dollars and they're paying employees the absolute minimum. Like there was a, uh, and this is kind of getting off the topic, but there was a uh, story that was going around of this lady in like Idaho where she had a group of firefighters come in and someone else had offered to pay their bill because, you know, firefighters. So they paid the bill and then the firefighters expecting to pay were like, okay, well, you can have a $150 tip now. Right. The, the boss said, yeah, no, that's not how this is going to work. You're going to re repay the money. I think it might have been another employee that offered to pay. He's like, you're going to pay the employee and then you're going to tip out the cooks and you can keep what's left. And it ended up being practically nothing. Well, yeah, like, that's a that's a different scenario, but well, it's not though, because that that's my point. These regulations have just failed. Like the the wage discrepancy between CEOs and the average person has skyrocketed. Like you can have CEOs that are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, and have employees that are making practically nothing. And in today's economy, they're not even necessarily the same people that started the company. They're just bought, come in, and assume the title and the money. Now, in that well, situation, do they deserve that money if they had absolutely nothing to do with the company? And they were just hired as a, a, a figurehead? <laughs> and I, it's, it's so funny, as I'm sitting here listening, I'm shaking my head because... Once again, I've said it many times before, I'm pro-capitalism, and absolutely. And the reason why is because they had the money to get in there. I don't hate, you know, the, what's the old thing, like, hate? don't hate the player, hate the game? Well, and I you agree, know. and I do hate the game. That's why we're debating this. Capitalism is <laughs> a game, and I hate the game, and I think it needs to be changed and regulated. Like, I'm not even saying, you know tax the rich blah blah blah. i'm like billionaires don't need multi-billion dollars of money like yeah but you could tax is... them but here's the thing you could tax them at 90 percent. anyone that makes over a billion dollars they would still be perfectly fine they would have more money than they would still ever be able to use in their lifetimes why right. is that an issue well i mean once again let's take it i feel like we take it out of money right okay so we're taking this out of money. Okay. So now we're going to say you have, uh, for lunch today, you've got six pieces of fruit. Okay. Well, two or three people come up and say, hey, you've got more fruit than we have. We each want a slice of your fruit. Why should you give them any of your food? Because you're a decent fucking human being. Well, they've each got one slice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I get that. But again, my point comes down to the fact that you're talking about minuscule amounts of food. A more apt description would be you have a whole fucking country come up and you own a massive apple farm and you don't want to give anyone any apples. That's... Well, yeah, those are my apples. But that's... 
that's the the correct analogy to be using is I'm talking about if you took 90% of Bezos's money, he would still be a multi-billionaire. That's how much money he has. It wouldn't affect anything. He would still have more money than he could ever spend. There is nothing in this world that costs a billion dollars right now. Well, yes. And I was happy that we decided to do this conversation uh, without Kirk because I feel like you guys would be ganging up on me a little bit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's it's so funny because, once again, let's look at this from a broader perspective. This is an ideological discussion, right? So what I believe and what you believe are two different things. And unfortunately, neither of us is going to change each other's opinion, right? So, Nor are we ever going to become anywhere near a billionaire. Speak for but yourself. Yes. <laughs> See, and that's, I feel like that's also the problem is this ideal set of, I will one day become a billionaire while I'm working my dead end job that I don't like. You know, I'll come up with that idea that makes me super rich one day. Okay, right. So so you talked about lottery, right? So I'm yes. still going back. I'm trying to trip you up, and you know I am. But the question is, okay, so let's say you play the lottery, right, and you win $6 million. Okay. 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 So we know that you're going to have to pay, what, 40% of that to tax right off the bat? Well... That depends. Are you talking about Colorado lottery? Because Colorado lottery is a lot different than the other lotteries. All right. So let's let's fake it out a little bit. Let's say, okay, you win six million dollars in a lottery. Okay. And the tax rate is forty percent. Okay. Okay. So what are you at? You're at two and a half. No. You're at about three, three million. Three and a half million. Yeah. Okay, so let's say you're at three and a half million. And me, as your brother, comes up to you and says, Hey man, you just won three and a half million. Uh, you should give me a million. Why do you think most uh, people who win lottery end up dead? <laughs> well, but let, let's just look at it from, you know. So I'm saying... Well, and I get that. Well, you have three million dollars uh, and three and a half million. So you can give up one million... And uh, so and I picked only six million because three million, three and a half million after taxes, it's a lot of money, but it's not, it, you're not rich for the rest of your life. You could blow through three and a half million dollars if you weren't smart, right? That's not necessarily true. Well, I'm saying if you weren't smart and you just blew through, you know, you started buying fancy cars and, and like a lot of lottery winners do, they blow through their winnings and then they're broke. I'm just saying, if I came up to you on the, you know, one day and I said, hey, give me a, a million dollars because you have three and a half, you know what your response is going to be? No. Well, A, no, because I wouldn't have a million dollars. See, you... No, uh, you're taking it too far because you're trying to make loopholes in the argument. No, 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 you no. Three and a half million dollars. And I taking said, hey... Taking anything but the annuity is dumb. Well, and if you took like the annuity <laughs> on a $6 million, you wouldn't have a million dollars. Okay, fine. You do a scratch ticket, and it's $6 million. There's no annuity. Okay. I'm almost certain there is. <laughs> but listen, 
I'm just saying, if I had, if you had uh, $20 billion and I said, John, give me $10 billion because you have 20, you might say, here's a billion. Well, if, even you, then, you know, even then, okay, if we're going to stick to the billion and you said, can I have 10 billion? I wouldn't care because at that point, there is nothing you can spend that amount of money on. You can buy yeah, a damn gonna... country for that amount of money. But see, you're you're saying ten twenty billion dollars until you have that in your bank account and you can look at it and you go. But well, these guys don't. And... That's the thing that you don't get is these people don't actually have billions and billions of dollars in their account. Well, they're just worth that much because of their stocks. If they went and tried to sell, like if Bezos said. I want to buy a billion dollar thing and try to sell a billion dollars of Amazon stocks to pay for said thing, he would crash the economy. The economy would fucking tank and it would be because of him. That's not how they work. They work by taking that money that they might have and leveraging it into loans that they'll slowly pay back. Well, and that's just another game that gets played with capitalism, but you have to understand, like, Without those people who have more money than everybody else, yes. Is there an ice cream maker in every room in Bezos' house? Probably. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. And a lot of people are going to show about that money. But look at how far SpaceX has come only because he had that much money to be able to further his space program. I don't think he spent that much money on SpaceX. Even if he did... It still would have been within reason if they had taxed it at a high amount. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying, what's the incentive if if you're a businessman and all of a sudden you're like, well, what's the point of making a business if they're just going to take half my money? Well, you the point is, well, under your rules of capitalism... If that person's not going to do it, someone else who is willing to give up half their money will. Okay, well, that schmo should have thought of it first. But you're sitting here, see, and that's, that's what gets me, is everyone always defends these fucking rich people that make so much money and don't give a fuck about you. And, you know, like right now, you're defending why we shouldn't tax the shit out of the rich. Despite the fact that it is never a tax bracket that either one of us will be in. Well, like I said, we can me, have let our. Me clar let me clarify. I think that tax shields and foreign investment accounts are BS because I'm in a little bit of a higher tax bracket and I don't necessarily like paying taxes, but I pay my fair share every year, just like every working person does. And I think the rich people should get taxed a little higher. Not higher, but, you know, they should pay their fair share of taxes. But in the grand scheme of things, I support the fact that people can make $150 billion. If you want to go out and make $150 billion and then spend it all on yachts, so be it. It's but not... my point is, my point isn't about that. My point is the fact that no one should have $150 billion. Because... Everything that he can do with $150 billion, he can do with $150 million. 
Well, he doesn't need those three extra zeros. And I guarantee you, he is currently living off of probably a hundred million, if not ten million dollars. I would guess that it, that his average yearly fluctuation of money is around five to ten million dollars. He doesn't need the rest of those billions. Understood. But that's the same, you know, it kind of goes back to this age-old thing of, like, uh, you know, you're not playing with that toy. Can I play with it? Well, no, it's my toy. You know, it's it's all about ego. And... But see, and that's that's where I can see where we diverge in this thought process, because you're still very... Well, I don't want to say still very, but you're very self-centered and, you know, individualist. Like, this is mine, or, you know, why should I have to share? Whereas I've taken on to this, in order for us to proceed as humanity, we need to take on a more, let's fix all the fucking problems mentality of, we need to share and be helpful to one another. And, I, I can and... see that as... Because I've adapted that mindset. Like, when I was been... Because I've been scheming and plotting and doing everything else to think of ways to make money. Like, I started YouTube back in 2011. And if I had probably stuck with it, it might have gone through. And I might have been making a decent amount there. But at the same time, I've also taken, you know... I don't want to be, if I was ever in that situation, to be one of those dickheads that's making billions of dollars and doing absolutely nothing. Because I personally would put every amount of money I got either back into the company or into more people working. Right. And so, once again, that goes into ideology, right? So, philanthropy and, you know, building back and giving back... That's something that some people do and some people don't. That's something and... almost no one does, though. And the people that and this is what kind of spurred this is that little shop I told you about in California. Every single one of the comments I read was saying how stupid she was and that how this isn't how capitalism works. And that she would be broken out of a job within a year. Right. And the I mean. There's a fine line because it can go the other way, too. And this is something that I think we should, you know, table. Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, well, we can bring this up in in future episode because, hey, this is a fun debate. You know, two people who look at things completely opposite ideology. It's it's fun, right? You get to sit and argue about things. but And that's the definition of a debate. Absolutely. Granted, that's not the title. It was, but then you changed it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, inspiration. You know, that's what I'm all about, right? Uh, and the inspiration. death of capitalism. No. <laughs> capitalism rocks. But, uh, well, so... okay. I, I, I see you're trying to table this so that we can move on. I do have one thing to say because I do have, I do use capitalism to my own advantage. Of course you do. Because it, so, it, it, no. it's there for everybody's use. But, I still think it's horribly wrong and needs to be replaced. No, my thing was, you know, we talk about, we're used to talk about 3D printing a whole lot more. And I have a picture, uh, but my kids always had a hard time being motivated to do, you know, the little chores around the house 
or, you know, getting their online homework done when they were supposed to. So me and my wife uh, came up with a store. We buy stuff, put it in the store. They have to earn coins in order to buy stuff from the store. So, you know, basic capitalism. Right. You know, capitalism where I'm not getting rich off the backs of my child's work. Um, sorry, that, that, that was another jab at you, Chris. But, so, anyway. The, my kids the, aren't old enough to work for me yet, so give it time. So... A, a long time ago, I had made one of those. I'm sure you've seen them, Chris. The the 3D printed like um, maze tubes. Oh yeah. Uh so I put a bunch of those coins in there, locked it, and said, "Whoever the first one who opened it gets all the coins in it." Well, my uh, very diligent daughter. Um, nope, that's not it. There it is. Um. She managed to finally get it open. And you can just tell her, her little smirk there. <laughs> of, uh... Yeah, because I think it was like something like 15 coins. And most things in our, our store there cost like one or two. So, uh, she... Oh, I've done it again. She made off quite, uh... Quite handsomely. Yes. But... That, that's kind of the other thing I wanted to say is I think it can work. It just needs to be refined. It's kind of late in its life cycle to be refined, but you know what I mean. Well, I'm not going to say that I disagree with every aspect, but I'm going to say that there's a lot of slippery slopes on, on that side. I mean, if you want my opinion, we should just get rid of money. But, <laughs> well... Yeah. I mean, that would solve I mean, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of. But it would it would also bring up a lot of problems, too. That's just how the world works, man. I mean... Well, so, I know we talked about it, you know, a few podcasts ago. But remember how I said there was one technology that, if it came true, would completely cripple everything? They're already working on it. There's a company in California, at least I think it's a California, there's a few of them, that are trying to synthesize food out of air. Oh, yeah. Because if you look at the basic car, or, or anat not anatomical, that would be a food. Uh, <sighs> the basic atomic structure of atmosphere, it's carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, which is also the, the basic building blocks of everything we eat. I mean, look, uh, based off our UBI debates, there's actually sections of that UBI that after I've looked at it a few times that could potentially work and make sense to me. So I'm I'm not saying I'm against it, the whole thing, well, but I'm just saying that I'm just my thought is we have to be ready for when this one technology, which is apparently closer than I think it is, comes through and you can have a little microwave in your house that pulls and makes a steak out of thin fucking air for you. Dude, I would be so fat, you don't even know. But, I mean, what happens when that technology comes and it doesn't just do steaks? It can do any, any food. Yeah, then I eat way too much, and then I, but you know, the gym the, membership I buy is going to be pretty hefty priced. The, the economy tanks. Maybe, maybe not. It'll just shift somewhere else. 
That's the beauty of capitalism, John. Yeah. Burn it. Burn ah. it all to the ground. Gotcha. Tax the rich. Yeah. Oh, well, well, hey, uh, good debate. Uh, next <laughs> time, I'm I am willing to bring Kirk in because you guys will double team against me, but I'm up for the challenge. I'll 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 verse up even more and and we can argue about it. But the beauty of it is it's an argument. I'm not trying to change your mind. You're not trying to change mine. Cause guess what? It's futile. Nobody's ever gonna win because it's an ideology. It's just yeah. what I think and what you think. And people who get all up in arms about it, that's what drives me crazy because guess what? You're your own person. You're allowed to think whatever you want. And whether or not you change someone's opinion shouldn't matter. All that matters is that you believe what you believe. And if you're strong in your convictions, then screw it. Who cares? But on that note, <clears throat> let's go over to Kirk's Corner. Because guess what? Kirk did make his appearance this week. Well, kind of. Hey, it's here. Um, Chris, I just realized something. Kirk's Corner is going to be live on here. We're not going to hear it. Oh, okay. Well, well guys, we'll, we'll we play it. We apologize. We didn't think about that in advance. Everyone will hear Kirk's Corner. We won't hear it, so you won't hear us laughing, but it is what it is. Kirk pre-recorded this for us just because he wasn't going to be here. So everybody just sit back and enjoy. Thank you, Chris and John. And I just like to talk to the fuse relatively listeners this is kirk i'm still in my corner although i'm just i'm pre-recording it because i'm at a concert at red rocks tonight so it's it's i'm making predictions future predictions about what's going to happen saturday uh september 18th 2021 so these are predict but they're pre-recorded so they're predictions about the future things that are going to be happening but i made them in the past so they're it's a whole time traveling Kirk's Corner in space. Ooh. John, if you could add a uh, spooky echoey thing there. I'll wait. No, okay, so here we go. So here's what I recorded this early Saturday. Here's what's going to be happening or have just happened when you guys are actually recording the show. Uh, first thing is uh, balloon animals will rise up against their human overlords but once again be deflated by one sharp tack. So, better luck next time, balloon animals, keep it up. Um, Jeff Bezos will say something that will cause humanity to roll their eyes and sigh, what a dick. Looks like a dick, acts like a dick, has a rocket, looks like a dick. He's a, okay, he's a dick. Um, here's a prediction, John will be tired and pale. Probably both. I'm willing to wager dollars to donuts. John is going to be tired and pale. But that's okay. Um, here's one I did not see coming. Trampolines will actually ride the rails looking for work in Hobo Chili. Conversely, tramps will jump on children. So they decided to flip. All right. Um, flip rolls on that one. Um, drummers will work. They won't want to work. They'll just bang on their drum all day. Okay, I was... This one's a little sad, so brace yourself. The The Trix rabbit will be found dead on the side of the road with an empty prescription bottle still in his hand. Because <laughs> you think roadkill, but no, the opioid epidemic is still raging, people. 
even for cartoon rabbits on cereal boxes. Um, what else do we got? Um, oh, here's a good this prediction. I this will definitely happen today, tonight. Um, tired of all the fighting, taste great and less filling beer fans will finally reach a compromise. So thank goodness that's finally over. It's been raging for decades. Um, oh, here's one, and this goes for everybody. Uh, just a prediction I'm making. Your algorithm will piss you off. Okay. Um, here's one. Oh, it's for the world of entertainment. Uh, the Fast and the Furious Sharknado Edition will be greenlit. God will weep for four days and four nights. Um, oh, here's one. Uh, this one is more about the uh, gender and uh, the you know uh, men and women. Uh, women will wonder what their man is thinking, and I predict men aren't thinking anything. Okay, so that that's probably you know what I'm. If that doesn't happen, I'll be surprised. Um, here's one from the. Uh, more about uh, uh, news media. Uh, idiots will speculate on how a minor event will affect the 2024 presidential election. And that is be followed by bigger idiots will listen. So just stop. Less news media. It will be good for you. That's my prediction. Uh, oh, here's one. This is about sort of jobs in the economy. A recent college grad will attend a job fair and will not only return to their parents' home, but will return to the fetal position. Those things are depressing. The jobs that people want to give away are usually horrible. Um, a couple more predictions. We're almost out of here. Uh, a single guy will finally throw away that bag of salad he bought in April. Odds are, you guys feel me, it's, you try. You buy it first, the vegetables die a couple times, and the third or fourth try, they may actually get eaten. Um, another prediction for uh, September 18th is you will not start exercising. Uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe next one. Um, all right. I think it's two more, two more I got here, and then we're gonna, then we're done. But uh, dentists will make patients feel bad about not flossing. That will happen. That happened today, it happened afterwards. These predictions are solid gold, people. Uh, and I think I had one more. Let me just real quick. Oh, this one is very specific. You see, a lot of these are general. All right, I, I'll end on a specific one. Right hand blue will be called, causing Susie Franklin of Thunder Bay, Ontario to lose in Twister. That will happen. That is, you can't get more, much more specific than that. Okay, so that was, um... That was my predictions. We'll see if we'll replay them later when they come true uh, to follow up on them. Uh, I just want to say I am enjoying the concert. But just uh, the Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada thing, that was a little reference. Uh, it was sort of a little homage to Norm Macdonald passed away. If you don't know Norm Macdonald, he, he was one of my favorite comics. He died. So if you don't know him, I'll, I'll tell him just one of my favorite jokes. It's, and it was, it's, sort of, it's a little long one, but here's the one that he, he told on Conan. So if you don't know Norm and you like this joke, just YouTube Norm Macdonald. He's hilarious. But it was... Uh, he was saying, uh, he was on Conan series. Like, I, I went to, uh, I was, uh, at, you know, hanging with my uncle, and he was showing me around his town, and he's like, you know, the problem, Norm, when you're, uh, I'm, uh, like me, a jack of all trades, you can do anything. You can do so many different skills. Nobody knows you for one specific trait. So he's like, I was, you know, I over, look over there at that barn, Norm. I, I built that barn with my own two hands, you know, just made it myself. And when I walk around town, the people go, look, there goes Bob, the, the barn builder guy. No, no, Norm, they don't. 
And uh, or look over there, Norm. We're riding. There's a the weather balloon. There's a weather balloon. I, you don't know this about me, but I was the first. I was the first to pioneer with weather. I was the first person to fly in a weather balloon. And do they go look? There goes you know the 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 Bob the the pioneering weatherman. No, no, sir. They do not. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Norm. He goes if you uh you have uh, you have sex with one goat, and <laughs> there goes Bob the dirty goat fucker. So okay, so. That's my little Norm MacDonald homage. That's, so that's the end of Kirk's Corner. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to two chuckleheads, um, one of which who smells um, way worse than the other, but the other one doesn't smell great either. Okay, thank you guys for enjoying Kirk's Corner. I'll be back next week uh, for Fuse Relativity. Have fun, guys. All right, so sorry, unfortunately, we weren't able to listen into that and react to it at the same time. That was completely my fault. If I had had the foresight to think about that, I, me and Chris could have watched that separately and reacted to it and recorded all of that. But, you know, I was like, oh, we'll just listen to this live on, on the podcast so that we can react to it. And then I, the way I set it up, that just isn't possible for us. Chris was able to listen in on uh, through the stream oh. while we were muted, but some of it anyway. But the yeah. beauty of it is, is I'll be able to listen on Monday when all of our new episodes drop. So I'll catch it. You know, Kirk will be uh, he'll be happy. We'll still be able to catch it, and hopefully, he is enjoying his concert. We did hear uh, that he uh, was talking about how Norm Macdonald had passed this week, which is quite the sad thing to hear. Yeah, giant bummer. Someone I've never met, didn't know, but oh, grew up with. Yeah, know. I was going to say, yeah, we watched a man show was on G4 a lot back then. Yeah, lots of different... Uh, it's It's always weird when a celebrity dies, and it's one that you just you know either liked or you know saw in a lot of movies and just you sometimes you kind of feel a little bad and you're like huh never knew the guy but that's sad yeah well, hey. John, let's, oh let's go say yeah let's uh, we got some off topics uh as normal we're gonna jump into some off topics here and round out the show and john i wanted to start with uh I had a story come across yesterday that I found absolutely intriguing. A group of people, I can't remember which research college or wherever they were. Anyway, they created the whitest paint ever recorded. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because it uses a uh, an element that I work with almost, well, I say daily. I don't actually work with it daily, but I have Is a large. Barium? Yep. Barium sulfate, I think, yep. is what they used. Which so, is used heavily in radiology because it is radio-dense and safe for humans to eat. Right. Which, unlike lead paint that <laughs> you have to, to get rid of off your walls and probably something I ate as a kid, which would explain a lot. But 
the cool thing about this paint is who cares about the whitest paint ever created? Well, this paint they have proven is 98% reflective of heat and sun rays, right? So essentially the way they put it is that this particular paint when painted on a roof of let's say a school or skyscraper or some sort of building even your home will reflect 98% of the sun's rays which well sun's rays and heat which essentially means that the, could potentially reduce the need for air conditioning because the paint itself does not get hot meaning that the roof that it's covering does not get hot and it could potentially save a lot of that's energy not, and pollution from if i was reading it right that's not that's kind of how it works but the the way it was explained was because it's it's so good at reflecting heat the heat inside the building gets transferred into it from the back side of the the roof but because it's going to still be colder than the ambient temperature it's radiating that heat away and it will never get as hot as the radiant temperature so it's it's effectively like an uh, a passive cooler for your house that's really really effective right well they said that a 1000 square foot swatch of this paint on a particular area would save the amount of 10 kilowatts of energy used to, which essentially would be used to cool a home. So basically a roof. Right. And so theoretically, if this paint is what it is, what it says it is, then you could paint your roof this white paint and not have to use your air conditioning in the hottest parts of the day, which would save countless amounts of energy which would then you know drive the electrical companies crazy well the the i can foresee this having issues because white's already i mean if you're you're reflecting light you're going to be a very bright object hence why white is very bright right so you it, we've I've messed with the black is black, and, you know, it's really cool because it absorbs a lot of light. You have the op opposite where it reflects a lot of light. It's going to be like a mirror. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this for sure. But all the birds will be sunburnt. It'll be yeah. terrible. <laughs> yes. That'd and be kind of, that would be kind of a weird, like... Yeah, where your your home is cooler, but you're soaking in countless amounts of UV radiation. So, yeah. Well, and my uh, off topic was just that Steve Wozniak, who was one of the co-founders of Apple, is starting a space company to clean up debris. Of course, he is. That's altruistic use of money. <laughs> yes, but how much how much of it's actually going to be theoretical versus you well, know Well, and a lot of it was talking about how 
most of the stuff that we technically need to worry about, it's all going to deorbit itself anyway. That's the, the nice thing about being so close to the planet is even if that dragon capsule that had Inspiration 4 malfunctioned, they're still in a decaying orbit. So it would have eventually came back down to Earth anyway. Possibly long after they were dead, but still would have come back down. Sure. Uh, this is more for deep space satellites, ones that are in geosynchronous orbit where they're just too far away to ever be affected by gravity. Potentially ones that are in, like, the... Fuck, I can't think of the name. Um... Dude, haven't they already? This is kind of off topic as well, but I apparently there's like revealing some kind of magnet that could lift an aircraft carrier. So, like, it's strong enough. It's a rare, you know, it's a, I'm assuming rare earth, but strong enough magnetic. But it could lift an aircraft carrier. So, why not just strap one of those to a dragon and go searching for space debris? I, I would assume it's, yeah, that's not, not how that works. I, I would be willing to bet most people wouldn't want um, fragmented pieces of a rare earth metal magnet raining on their head. Well, I, I get I your mean, point, but it's... For the thrill seekers, it might be fun. The other thing that you're, you've got to look at was with magnets, they lose their force pretty exponentially exponentially due to the area like even even rare earth magnets if you have them about a foot apart they're not attracted to each other that doesn't really matter or you know that scales too those tiny ones they're all at a certain point there's just no no magnetic field in anymore even i've been messing with rare earth magnets and uh tell that to the amount of ones that have shattered it's amazing how when they get close enough to each other to attract they attract and they literally shatter themselves because they will they get crazy excited but that's when they get close enough that that's my point is even if you have a massive magnet that can lift an aircraft carrier you could still drive a car like 10 feet from it and you know wouldn't be sucked in this isn't fast and the furious are you sure? <laughs> I'm Almost pretty, positive. I'm pretty sure Kirk threw out in his corner something about Fast and the Furious Sharknado edition. So <laughs> let's try that out. <laughs> let's see what's going on there. <laughs> Did he actually make a prediction? Because that would be amazing. I, think, I really I wish think, we could have listened to it. I think that was in there. Something about Fast and the Furious Sharknado mashup. So, yeah. anyone in Hollywood who is listening to us should already have that in the works, probably. <laughs> Sharknado only takes like two and a half days to make, so we should see it pretty soon. So, Chris, now that we're done yes. with off topic, I had a question yeah. for you. Remember a few weeks back when we, you know, I keep interrupting you every time I try and give you a chance to talk. Uh, no, when we. <laughs> talked about making a 3d printed board game yes kind of do you want to start that now now obviously this wouldn't be oh hey we're 
we've got the idea. We're going to do it next week. Um, no, this is just a, a template to start with. But I have everything pulled up to make this stuff. And we can yeah, either let's... do it now or we can do it later. It doesn't matter to me, but I figured this would be a, you know... I, I, I honestly set this all up because I thought it was going to be a little bit of the shorter of a podcast. It's not. It's 10.30. Hey, I'm all for it because I'll come up with an idea and make billions and then we can talk about <laughs> capitalism. Despite the fact that when we talked about this, we said they would be. All right. Um... That's not the point. Capitalism <laughs> rules. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Shoot. Oh, I'm heading back to Kirk's Corner. Okay, hey. so I've got two pulled up here. And these are two board game designer design idea generators. Now, I'm going to roll both of them to just kind of give us a, uh, a general feel so that we could work with either both or, you know, something in the, the, the effect. Because I like principles from both of them. So for this first one here, we're going to come up with nothing because it froze. Why is my internet hurting? Oh, so the mechanics are voting. Okay. The theme is... Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should re-roll this one. I, I should have looked. Okay. So, whoops. Hey, guerrilla Nazis, let's... Uh, no, no, let's no, no. <laughs> so the mechanics of bluffing and memory with the theme of mission i don't know if that's like religious mission and then the win tally of lowest score and then i have this second one that i liked a little bit better okay so, cuz that gives, one was terrible yeah this one gives environment goal genre rules and wild card dude i liked it oh you you rolled it i liked the yeah. beginning one so we've got at home, <laughs> destroy, destroy objects. This is more um, possibly a video game one, but I still like it. The hell is genre of one touch? Yeah, I don't. Sounds like a failed boy band, and must not be seen. <laughs> I like I said, we're going to use both of these to try and come All up right. with something. Well, what I think we should do, because I'm not really understanding, but I like, so the, well, just re-roll that one and let's see what happens. Re-roll re -roll which one? This one. Re-roll. Yeah. We've got ocean, reach a destination, okay. educational, rules bounce off walls. See, this is what I'm, and something spooky, that fits with Halloween, so I'm, I'm kind of down for this one. In fact, I'm going to print screen it. I mean, I have it saved, so it doesn't really matter, but I, I, I do kind of like that. So we'll make an ocean game that's kind of falls into the educational. You can bounce where off walls where we have to reach a destination. Yes. And something spooky. Something spooky. I okay. like this. I think I, we can come up with a game that fits this. Or yeah, potentially the other stuff. That Yeah. That's at least like the most realistic one because i mean i'm i'm still okay with guerrilla nazis but <laughs> not, not <laughs> you know so much. in today's political climate uh it's it's not something we really want to touch on yes i am totally joking i am not okay with guerrilla nazis everybody calm down 
All right, so we will get working on this. We will hopefully have updates and everything as we go. This may be a, uh, our, our initial thought was we'd do weekly updates until we came out. It probably going to be every other week. But we'll, we'll kind of work on the ideas and see what we come up with. It's Any a nice enough, it's a broad enough area. We could probably come up with something. The ocean throws me off a little bit because we're free printing this, but. Yeah, but see, that's that's also the the nice thing about it is we're 3D printing, so we can do a lot. Like even just 3D printing some ocean waves with pegs could be potentially. Yeah, keep giving me ideas, John. Let's do this. Oh, I'll happily give you that one. I've got a much better one. <laughs> oh, well, you're an ass then. What <laughs> happened? What happened to your give everybody half of what you got? I just did. Yeah, you, you gave got me half the of crappy my crappy one, just like a capitalist. You gave me the crap. <laughs> See, fair point. Well, <laughs> in fairness, this is a competition, not for anything, but it is a competition. Well, yes. And my goal is to crush you. So, you know, I'm going to be the Bezos Musk of the world when it comes to this game. But hopefully everybody enjoyed our episode this week. Uh, we will continue this debate and tune in. We don't know when it's going to be, but Kirk will be back and it'll be two against one. Should be, you know... Uh, hard for me to win but uh we will go from there but john good episode uh kirk will yes. be back next week uh hopefully everything's good uh, i one programming note uh i am meeting up with kirk next week we will probably cut a uh full song of our is it intro outro it's kind I of can't both remember. at this point. It used to just be the outro, and then everyone liked it, so it became both. So we are going to do a full cut of that song, So, and we will post it on YouTube. So anybody who does like our intro slash outro music, check it out. We will have it up probably next week. We'll talk about it on the podcast for sure. Uh, we also have another question relativity that will be coming out on Tuesday. This yes. one is... I, I would like to say it's fully animated by Chris, but he fully drew it. I'm going to be doing most of the animating. Guys, I've said before, I'm one step above a gorilla. So John had to step in and uh, fix what I, well, screwed up a lot. I so, will be using his drawings, so that will all remain, with the exception of the magnifying glass, which I can actually turn on. Um, and guess, guess what? They're not stick figures, so win for me. Uh, <laughs> but... Everybody, do check us out. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're having stuff come out every day now, almost. So check it out. That's John's magnifying glass. That yeah, he sneak peek much, of uh, Thursday or Tuesday's episode. Much better than what I came up with. Check out our stuff on YouTube. It comes out every almost every day now. And TikTok, Fused Relativity, Twitter, Fused Relativity. Twitter. We got no, a lot no. going on. Twitter is F relativity. Oh, F relativity, which is incrementally better, no matter how you look at it. But we have a lot of stuff going on. So check us out, and we're going to keep getting better as we go.
So, John, like I said, good episode. Yeah. And uh, Kirk, head banging at a concert, or I don't know what kind of concert. I was going to say, that. I think probably, it's probably smooth jazz. So, <laughs> probably blues or smooth jazz of some kind. So, he's probably falling asleep. But anyway, everybody, have a good evening. <laughs>